to uh, the One Stepping Podcast, brought to you by Diggs Track Club. Uh, 2019 project of ours is to start uh, kind of a little podcast from the team here, and it's more of a podcast by runners instead of a running-specific podcast. Uh, so this is kind of episode zero, episode 0.5, is to get to know the hosts a little bit. So Jesse, you want to give me a little bit of your background? Yeah, so my name is Jesse Armijo. I, I've been living here in Albuquerque for 10 years. Um Moved out here to train post-collegially, uh, ran in college at Cal State San Marcos under the tutelage of the great Steve Scott. And so, yeah, just trained out here, loved it out here, kept running, made it to the Olympic trials, um, had a few other great races, but that's neither now nor there, I guess. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm um, just living the dream. Uh, started the Duke's Track Club 10 years ago when I moved out here. And uh, we've had a lot of great runners come in and out. We've had a lot of passionate runners come in and out. And so that's kind of led us to uh, giving back to the community, um, just supporting some post-collegiate runners, as well as pursuing our own goals. And now this podcast, which has been a great uh, introduction and a great, like, light bulb started by Michael Farmer, of course. <laughs> so uh, now we have this great collaboration and hopefully we can meet and interview a lot of good runners in the community or throughout the throughout the nation. Uh, and I am the aforementioned Michael Farmer. I don't know that I can take credit for starting anything, but uh, I've only been in Albuquerque for uh, just about 13 months now. Uh, originally from Kansas City, ran uh, for Raytown South High School, uh, go Cardinals, and then in undergrad at Missouri State University, formerly Southwest Missouri State University, and they kept the men's track and cross country programs after my sophomore year of college. Uh, coached at a high school there, really fell in love with coaching and, and giving back to the running community, and when I graduated, sought eligibility and was able to, to walk on at uh, University of Notre Dame, and I, I don't think I belonged uh, even in my um, mid-major conference D1 school on the team, let alone uh, at, at Notre Dame, but they were kind enough to let me keep showing up and, and not um, putting a padlock on my locker. So I uh, kept sticking it out and uh, you know went back to Kansas City after college and started a running club there. And then you know, after uh, eight or nine years in, in the city, decided to go somewhere more outdoorsy and kind of find myself landing in Albuquerque. So I've got awesome. kind of some questions I want to talk through with you here to maybe get to know uh, you a little bit better. Uh, and you know I or, love questions. Or, or us a little better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first question, if you could only watch one show a week for the next year, what would you watch? Oh, God. I think I've tried this a couple times, and so I would probably just revert back to Star Wars, The Clone Wars, because <laughs> I've skipped around episodes and seasons, and it's, I'd probably just have to start it from the beginning. So How many seasons of that do they have? I think there's like seven. That's pretty good if you're going to go a whole yeah. year. So I'm a bad Star Wars fan for not knowing exactly. Uh, for me, I think it would probably be uh, Community. I really love that show. It's... Um, the, the way they do um, a lot of references to other things that I remember from growing up, like just kind of pop culture references, it seems pretty, pretty clever, and, and uh, it always it can always bring a smile to my face, so so I like that a lot. Now we're talking about, our, we came to meet each other through running. What do you think is 
the first memory you have of being a runner or your first race or your first thing that really kind of sets in your brain from from the running time wow <laughs> that's a good one um well it would probably be when i first started running um dating back to high school but i don't know it's that's a really tough one <laughs> do you do you want to go first sure uh so for me it was you know my, my my dad didn't do sports very competitively growing up or anything but he picked up you know running as a as a hobby when he was in college it was big back when you know he was of that age and he was always kind of one of those parents that forces you to be outdoors forces you to kind of you know really uh soak in some some vitamin d and uh spend some time exercising and all of that and my sister is three years older than me and as you as you know you know girls kind of uh I guess physically mature faster than guys so I was certainly the runt of the, of the siblings and so a lot of sports we did um, I feel like I would get uh, muscled around a little bit by her and and my neighbor who was the same age as her there weren't a lot of kids my age in, in my neighborhood so uh, I, you know I remember my dad taking me to kind of the track and just being like hey you know just try to run with me for as long as you can and then you know kind of keep up until I was red in the face and, 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 and throwing up, which is still a trait that I have today. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, it was the first time I kind of felt like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, this is something that um, I can really kind of push myself in and, and, uh, and be really competitive in, and I feel kind of at, at peace doing it. So that was my first memory. What do you have? Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um... <laughs> I mean, I remember like, like in third grade or second grade, just on the playground in Long Beach, just lining up and saying, hey, first one to the fence wins and always sprinting, trying to out sprint some other kid and what it felt like, you know, forever, 400 meters now, but was probably, <laughs> probably only like 50 feet or 60 feet or something. Just one mile red rover. Yeah. Swear. Something <laughs> super <laughs> short. But, um. Those are like brief, brief memories of, of running and being like satisfied with it. Um, and then fast forwarding to probably high school to like trying to trying to be a sprinter. Um, I think that's what I first started out as, as in freshman year, just sprinting and not being very good at it. And <laughs> just doing it because friends did it and wanting to fit in and wanting to hang out and just be with my, my buddies. Um, so that's kind of something that resonates from what I, what I can remember. We're still doing it 30 years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Let's go back to what's your favorite scene ever in a, a movie? Oh, God. <laughs> Are you asking myself now or like adolescent? <laughs> yes. Jesse. I want, I want to know all of the above. God, favorite scene, favorite scene. Actually, you know what? I don't know why it's coming up to me, but like Jerry... Uh, God, I can't say his name. Jerry Bruckheimer? Yeah. He always puts out some great, like, epic scenes in, like, Transformers 1, where they're, like, on the sand dune in, in New Mexico, actually. Um, and it's, like, all the guys are shooting. There's, like, the C-130 gunship flying overhead. There's, like, radios calling each other in. They're, they're coordinating this huge battle, and the music's, like, ramping up, and then all of a sudden they're just unloading on this transformer alien and 
it works out, and uh, I don't know, it's just pretty hyped up. So you like like the intense action? Scenes? Yeah, I like the build up, and like all of a sudden there's just intense action. Nice. So I, that's the only thing I can think of right now in my <laughs> current state. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I could say something running related, but that kind of came out. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's uh want the honest uh, answer and not necessarily trying to gear it towards whatever we're talking about here. Um, favorite scene from a movie for me is probably uh, in Goodwill Hunting when they're on the park bench when uh, Sean uh, Sean's giving the monologue to Will on uh, you know of, of basically putting him in his place of yeah you think you're hot shit but um, yeah yeah you've lived here your whole life and and you know you haven't really experienced the world so um, yeah that one's definitely uh, definitely stuck with me so that's probably one of my favorite monologues uh, that I've seen in that movie that'd be good one we can go sit on that bench <laughs> when we go to Boston <laughs> oh yeah you know where it is I don't but we can find out for sure. that's, that's a good idea um, what about the first cassette or CD you ever owned um, I think we briefly talked about this um, I think I remember buying Offspring Smash and then bringing it home um, and my dad reading the lyrics and saying this is inappropriate <laughs> so so I had to return it and then like a year later or so I finally was able to smuggle and buy my own CD which was I think uh, Green Day Dookie okay. album um, and that was very fun and he didn't get to see the lyrics on that one? No, I think he, I think he didn't care at that point. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So Smash, would that have had um, self-esteem maybe on it? I think or? self-esteem. And like yeah. the lyric he read was like, I reach into my glove box and pull out like a gun. And, <laughs> right. Those yeah. super violent guys from yeah. Offspring. <laughs> <laughs> so violent. <laughs> yeah, no one's buying that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think um, I got lucky, unlike the concert where it's like a no-name person. I think my first my first cassette I ever owned was actually uh, Queen's Greatest Hits. Um, and the second one was probably uh, some rapping children's cassette about fish or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I'm glad it was in the order that it was. But yeah, I definitely grew up on, uh, on Queen's Greatest Hits. And... Um, at, at, at that young of an age, you can actually sing as high as Freddie Mercury because you haven't hit puberty yet. <laughs> and you think you're going to be a rock star. And then uh, reality sets in and you're this uh, monotone guy that I am today. Awesome. Very good. All right. And uh, let's see what's your favorite alco alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverage. Uh, man. I, as much as, you know, we sit around here uh, kind of doing these these podcasts and drinking beers. I I really like gin and tonics, um, and I feel like, especially given the weather we have here, it's like it's it's nice out all the time. I always feel like it's kind of a nice crisp drink when you're in like good weather, and yeah, that's kind of um, probably my go-to alcoholic cocktail. Uh, in terms of non-alcoholic drinks, um, I definitely as of the last few years been big on. Coffee. I need to survive. Nice. Uh, maybe it's because of the gin and tonics. I don't know, but uh, it's definitely a staple to, to get the day started. And, and I, yeah, I can't imagine how bad of headaches I would be if I cut out the, the morning caffeine. What about yourself? Yeah, the um, 
Uh, well, maybe I'll convert you because once spring rolls around in a couple weeks or maybe a month or so, um, I always love to make like a good homemade margarita and sit on the porch and whatever of our running friends that decides to come over, just join us on the porch and stare at the Sandia Mountains from a distance and just <laughs> kick back a couple margaritas. Nice. Um, it's always fun to, to like introduce spring and introduce summer. Yeah. It always um, move into your spare bedroom. Yeah, you definitely can. <laughs> we can pump, pump, pump out these uh, podcasts a little quicker. <laughs> but yeah, beer is always a good thing. I love IPAs. Um, and then non-alcoholic I would say, um, yeah, I could go the coffee route or like a good like boba tea or a bubble tea route. Do you guys uh, have one of those around here? We have a lot of like home grown, like grassroots bubble tea places. Mm-hmm. So those are good. Um, and the good like just sugary San Pellegrino. Love drinking those. LaCroix. <laughs> yeah. LaCroix, not, there's not enough sugar in that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. So we're going through this list, and I think our next question kind of skipped around a little bit, but I, I want to ask this one. What's one trip you've never taken but would really like to? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I haven't traveled that much. I've only, um, up until this, you know, this recent trip I took to Madeira, I'd only been to, you know, Canada and Mexico and, and the kind of some Caribbean islands and stuff like that, so... Um, probably too big on my list would be the Patagonias and New Zealand. Oh, I know those are um, on opposite sides of the globe. <laughs> probably hard to, to tie those together, but um, I don't know which one of those I'll get to first, but those are definitely uh, places I need to visit within the next few years. What about yourself? Um, I think it's in the works right now. So this summer we're planning, or I've always wanted to go to Costa Rica ever since college. Um, just couple of teammates have gone, they did surf trips down there, so they had a blast, and a lot of other friends have gone, so we're finally making it happen, so I think that's something I'm looking forward to, is to go to Costa Rica with uh, with Arlene. If you sabotage their men's national soccer team, <laughs> that'd be helpful. They're one of the they they are. that um, helped, helped knock us out of the last World Cup. Grand, we, we did a lot of that on our own, but oh, that's good. I think that uh, I mean, I've heard people really enjoy that. Uh, what about what's the first concert you ever went to? All right, this one, this is hard because I can't quite remember. <laughs> I think what's... it's, uh, I think it was in San Diego, this tiny venue. I don't even know the name of it, but it was, um, shoot, they played like that song California. <laughs> that is Phantom Planet. Phantom Planet, <laughs> yeah. This Phantom Planet, this super tiny, That's why we're a good team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, it was like in University City, and I was like a sophomore in college, and went with my girlfriend at the time. But it was cool because it was small. Yeah, I do like small venues a lot. My first concert was also uh, at a small venue um, that doesn't exist anymore in Kansas City. I think now it's a kind of a barbecue joint slash bar slash um, bar games place. So they have like bocce ball and and um what else do they have there they have like ping pong and other things it's really it's it's a nice place but it was this small concert venue when i was there and you're not going to remember this band it was um they're called billy talent i was uh i was in high school 
and they had I think one hit song that was called Try Honesty uh, and it was a little bit um, kind of harder rock or punk rock um, and I had never really been to anything like that before and just remember in that small venue with all the you know the gear they have just where it just kind of shakes the whole like building and it feels like it's like I thought my heart rate was changing right in the chest. <laughs> yeah just from uh from how, you know, how, how loud and intense it was but it was so that was uh, I was kind of hooked after that um, nice. yeah. small venue they're awesome yeah all right let's see well before we even add to this one this kind of relates to what we're drinking too so should we do a little plug on yeah what are you drinking we <laughs> we're drinking uh, some good old Lacumbre altimeter, right? Yeah, altimeter IPA. IPA, it's pretty good. And I don't know if they've had this before recently. Is it? Are they it's doing like a year-round thing? Definitely seasonal. Okay. And how would you rate it compared to like uh, or elevate? Uh, so or I elevated. Think, sorry. Yeah, I think it's a little. Um, it's not quite as strong as it, I guess I would say. It's a little more drinkable, I think. Uh, and I love the Elevated. This, you know, I could probably have a few more of these than I could have the <laughs> Elevated. Uh, but I definitely like it. Um, you know, I, my favorite from La Cumbre is probably still some of those special release um, double hopped single yeah. whatever hazy IPAs that they do that are, that are really good. It's a good thing this is an 8 a.m. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is kind of leading into it. Like, what food could you not, not live without? Oh, man. Food. Food, food, food. What food could I not live without? You know, that's tough. And I, um, hey, you wrote these. I <laughs> By wrote, you meant I pulled them down um, from online. I, I would say that... Chipotle. <laughs> God, um, no. I know. It's just uh, I feel like you know at least once or twice a week I need a good recovery burrito, uh, which is really sad because I live in New Mexico, which is a lot better food <laughs> in terms of that um, that genre. Uh, but you know, I, I still find myself dating back since high school when I first had it, like kind of being hooked on it. What about yourself? I definitely go with Thai food. Yeah. Yeah. Just very so often, it's just very comforting. What's your Thai place in town that you go to? Oh, we love uh, Thai cuisine too. <clears throat> no, no big deal. <laughs> what do you order there? Uh, so we usually do like family style. So if we nice. go with another group of people or a friend or whatever, um, Arlene and I would definitely get like chicken pot thai and then a, a curry and then whatever they get. And we just all share. Yeah. Do so. you what? Which level do you get of hotness, mild, medium, or Thai hot? hot. Or thai hot right? Yeah, there's definitely Thai hot, which I can't do. My mom can do that. Coming from the homeland, sure. Um, but like, I like my pot Thai to be mild, yeah, not hot at all, and I like my curry to be really hot. Yeah, I can so, see that. Um, more like just, a soup. Yeah, yeah. Opposite ends. Yeah, there's uh, Thai Thai spices up by me. That's kind of my go-to place and. Uh, yeah, I've only had the curry there once and it was pretty solid, but yeah, just chicken pad thai. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's hard to beat. Um, so that's a good one. What's, uh, here's a good one. What's the greatest lesson you've ever learned in life? Oh my God. This, everything, what not to do for my father. (laughs) He will do all the wrong things in life. And I'll just know not to do that and not to follow in his footsteps. What's an example of that? Oh God. We... You could ask Arlene this too. We built a gate 
in our house here, uh, the side gate, and it took like two and a half days to build. It drags on the concrete ground. <laughs> it like rattles. It it looks nice aesthetically, but yeah, it's just the functionality of it. That's better than the previous gate when we first bought this house. But so basically, <laughs> we took like fifty trips through Home Depot. Um, yeah, so life lesson is plan, plan, measure, measure, and then finally cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Measure twice, cut once. Exactly. Certainly. Uh, one thing my dad hammered home when I was very young age. Yeah, so um, no, no, like try not to knock my dad. But <laughs> I love, I love you, dad. Well, you already did. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, greatest lesson. Greatest lesson. Oh, uh, uh, this I feel like this is from a a spiritual um, mentor of mine from Kansas City. But uh, before before any big decision you make in your life, masturbate. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> so it's 2019 now i guess in addition to um you know trying to you know meet our running goals i know a lot of people is they come up into a new year and they do resolutions i'm not a big guy on resolutions what about you not too much yeah, yeah. it's hard to give up something that I feel like I wouldn't be sacrificing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of hard. It's yeah. It's mostly just trying to. I don't know. When you go into a new year, I feel like, you know, maybe things I'd like to accomplish in the year more so than like, okay, uh, I'm going to be diligent about doing this for the entire 365 days. Like that seems a little uh, overkill to me. And then you know, likely I wouldn't uh, be able to meet those standards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely better to find a goal. Yeah. Or. or some benchmarks. So some of my friends, uh, you know, back in Kansas City, they, they do uh, dry January, and um, you know, it's a couple of guys that you know kind of uh, run as a hobby, and they you know they think it helps them get on a, a good foot to start the new year, uh, especially in a time when weather's not great in Kansas City. You know, right now it's a blizzard, and so it's hard for them to do long runs and things like that. So they think kind of cutting back on you know the, the drinking there for that month um, might help them in this regards, but. I guess, have you ever, like, you know, gone through a time where you abstain or you abstain before races or anything like that? Yeah, I'll, if it's a big race, typically uh, about a week or so before, I'll probably cut out the alcohol, cut out the beer, try to just stay focused and just try to stay healthy and not worry so much about uh, all the other, yeah. All yeah, did you change your diet as well in that last week or is it just kind not, of Not so much, Yeah. You know? What about you? Do you feel like your diet could be better <laughs> in running? So that I guess that could be a goal. Like yeah. one goal for this year is definitely to be more aware of what I'm eating. Yeah. I know people always are talking about eating clean, um, and I feel like we <coughs> eat relatively clean, but there is still that occasion where we go out to eat or get some something that's processed. So yeah, that's kind of one of mine. Like I just got to be better about um, making my own meals more often uh, and, and not going out to eat as much. Um, both from a, a health aspect and a financial aspect. Yeah. Um, it's, it's harder than the social aspect because that's yeah. what usually does it. Yeah, exactly. And like I've never been big on like the the dry January because I, I, I'm like this quirky person to where like I don't feel like I should um, have set days where I, I stop drinking and start drinking. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's another weird thing to where when I set my alarm in the morning, like I don't ever set it for like, 
exactly 6 a.m. or 6.15, like, like a, a, a round number. I'm like, oh, no, it's just this kind of quirk I have where I'm like, I'll set like 6.07 or 6.08. And kind of by the same token, I'm like, well, I, if I want to get to drinking for a while, I don't need to follow some, you know, random calendar that was devised yeah. by a a pope in the middle ages <laughs> or whatever it's kind of what your body wants or doesn't want like kind of detoxing on, on its own yeah so the, and the last time when like i made it a goal to stop drinking for a while was i think um probably end of end of 2015 beginning of 2016 and uh i couldn't even tell you the, the date i know in, in total it was probably around you know three or four months without drinking but it was uh it was a, a tough time to do it i i remember um that December 31st, we had like a wedding of like a, a buddy of mine that I went to college with an undergrad, so like a college teammate. And so, you know, you have this big um, gathering of all your old friends that you don't get to see very often. So that's one of the tough things, coupled with the fact that uh, it was in, yeah, it's a wedding, and it was in um, the middle of nowhere, Indiana. <laughs> and I lived, I lived in Indiana for a year, and I, you know, I, and still I, I couldn't. I couldn't point out where we were on the map. I know for um, the actual New Year's Eve, we went out uh, to a nearby town that was called Ireland, Indiana. <laughs> and uh, Ireland, right. And Ireland, Indiana, it was like maybe a few thousand people like lived in that town. And that was like bigger than where we were staying for this wedding, right? So it was, uh, you know, a very... Um, very trying weekend on, on my little um, kind of personal goal there and the, then not only that but there was uh, you know there's a guy who uh, was preparing for the, the trials that were like you know that February in LA or whatever in, in 2016 so um, I mean he was I don't know I think 214 101 102 I won't, I won't use his name here but you know he um, and was just crushing light beers for like the entire four or five days we're out there Perfect. And I, yeah and I, and I was like mean, you got the olympic you know trials in six weeks and and, um, and like it's hard for me to like justify like i'm um, like giving them drinks somewhat for a health benefit somewhat you know to, you know uh, it was at a low point in my life or whatever and didn't you know the, the bottle wasn't helping depression or anything like that so you're going through this you know this you know seeing this guy who's i mean by all accounts he's got a new shoe deal and he's got you know, at least incentives to, to, to place wealth trials. It's just, you know, going through all the, the Bud Lights that they, they can gather up in, in uh, bumfuck Indiana. <laughs> um, so it's definitely, you know, that, that, that was tough, but, you know, it's kind of gives you some perspective that, you know, not everyone uh, wants to do all that. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, and we are drinking a beer, speaking yeah. of which. La Cumbre, they, uh, in the money. Yeah, local beer, double dry hopped. IPA, which is super delicious. And, uh, Hazy, for sure. Yeah, as we uh, talked about earlier, when I moved down here a year ago, this was the first special release beer that um, that I had in, in Albuquerque. And once I had that, I was like, all right, I'm sold. I made, I made a good choice. It's like half the reason why you stayed. Yeah, it's probably maybe more than half. I when I came down here for, uh, for to check out the city in like, um, Labor Day weekend uh, uh, two years ago, you know, it was one of those things where I, I didn't know. I mean, I knew there'd be good outdoors activities. I knew you guys in the running club were, were great, but did not know about, you know, the craft brewery scene 
you know, being so prevalent here, but it's a hidden gem for sure. Yeah. When, uh, when you grew up in California, they have, like, I guess that yeah. you know, before craft breweries were huge, but like at least in the Midwest, but back in California, you know, there's a lot so of breweries. So we were so lucky. Cal State yeah. San Marcos was right next door to a stone brewery. So oh, wow. We had Arrogant Bastard, mm-hmm. and that was just a pale ale, and that was like, you could consider that an IPA for sure. Yeah. For how hoppy and bitey it was. Yep. And then uh, the Beach Towns had wonderful beer. Yeah. Uh, Pizza Port now does awesome with a variety of IPAs and just, yeah. I think they're going more foody for sure, but. Yeah, California does a, I mean, a good job compared to other, like, um, kind of beachy areas in terms yeah. of breweries. Like yeah, like, I feel like Florida or, like, anywhere. They can I mean, be like, here. Right, or, like, you know. Mexico, you know, it's, you know, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll, you know, sling back some Tecates, but it's not like, it's not, you know, they don't, they don't the like craft beers or anything there, and like, I went to the Cayman Islands, I remember, you know, they had a brewery there, and it was, you know, garbage. <laughs> well, I think Sierra Nevada kind of like paved the way of yeah. craft beer, Yeah. Um, and then just being close to the Central Valley, they had good grains to work with, good water to work with, which I, yeah. I think water is like the best. It has, to, it has to, you have to have And yet water. you live in Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, we live here. Although we have an aquifer, so it's, that, that generates a good Where is that? Underground. <laughs> but like, like all over? Yeah, it's a big one. I think it's... I'm not a, I'm not a science major here. So. Yeah, it's just to cover like a lot of the Rio Grande Valley. Oh, okay. Um, which makes the water kind of hard, but also um, pretty purified. Yeah, I know when we go to like the... Uh, the wineries uh, here in town that they'll say, uh, you know, what, for whatever reason, the grapes taste different because of our climate here. They know the high yeah. desert climate, and um, you know, I can't explain the different you know, tastes of of wine, you know, as well as I can beer. Probably, you know, I know what I, I know what I like and I know what I don't. But um, I mean, it seems like the local stuff here has been pretty good. Yeah, it's good. It's great. Yeah. What's uh what's uh your wonderful wife's her what's her favorite, you think, winery here in town? Gray. <laughs> Hopefully we get a plug for that. <laughs> yeah, uh I would say Gray. For a while it's been Casa Virginia. Yeah. We used to go there a little bit, but they it's a smaller venue, it's really nice and intimate and they have yeah, it's a great ambiance for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of why like that's my go to place. First of all it's it's not that far from, I guess, where I live. I, although Gruet is literally down the street, it's really <laughs> but nice. kind of like Casa Rondinha, like uh, you know, when my, when my buddy visited, I feel like he he coined it very well. He's like, when we pull in those gates, it feels like you know you're driving up Italy a, or something. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, I think he he was a little a little electrified. He said a drug king pins house, but, but I definitely like this the the atmosphere there is yeah. is really and nice. And I think if you remember that, you can bring in like your own snacks. Yeah, which adds to the you just staying six hours and it just goes by so quick yeah yeah it, it, they have at times been like a little short on their selection i guess in the the few months that i've been um a member there but you know hopefully and uh they, they keep kind of growing and i know it can be hard in, in new mexico but uh hopefully they, they kind of keep up their good selection because i know it's a, a popular place here in town yeah definitely nice place so we started with resolutions and ended up talking about breweries and wineries. Yeah, we started talking about a dry. Month. <laughs> <laughs> then, well, you have to. I mean, it's Albuquerque. Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see how how my buddies do today. You know, with the you know the the playoff games on the line. You know, being from from Kansas City, uh, it's got to be hard. At least I would imagine uh, as a Chiefs fan, seeing a lot of heartbreaks. 
um, for uh, them to watch the game today and, and abstain from any uh, any beverages. But you know, I guess part of you know having running as a hobby is is learning some sacrifice and things like that. So like, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with um, watching watching NFL games over. <laughs> yeah, that, that's gonna be tough. Which I can still do. But I think baseball is probably the only sport where I can't watch it with like like. I, Physically couldn't watch a whole game without having some alcohol. What about soccer? Soccer is, so I, I would understand that for like 90% of the people if they could do that. Like since I grew up playing, I can appreciate a lot of little stuff in it. Um, and you know, now that we're you know, season ticket holders at our new soccer team here at uh, yeah. New Mexico United, excited that we have the USL team and uh and you know when you're in those like supporter sections like boo will be like it's just yeah, the atmosphere is really cool right so like you know you, you're just get getting after it from that and so definitely um yeah i don't know hedging expectations about the first couple of years but i don't know if you I, I know you follow a lot of their posts it looks like you've been signing guys recently yeah they've been signing guys uh other clubs feel that uh the the way the front office is working might be a good season, even though it's just the first inaugural season. So we'll see. Yeah. And then there's so much talent in New Mexico. Even though I think there's like two or three New Mexicans on the team, um, just the culture itself should kind of thrive and push the yeah the other players, the foreign players, to kind of live up to the expectation that the fans want. So it yeah, be good. That's why I think long term uh, it'll be a good fit for Albuquerque. I mean, right now we're just I mean, we're losing so much of that talent. To, I I feel like Denver has like four USL teams or something yeah. ridiculous and you know they you know they they a lot of the New Mexican soccer players kind of feed into that um, and so hopefully we can start you know retaining a lot of those guys here in the state and I don't doubt that the uh, there's, there'll be a good enough fan base here to where we can eventually migrate from Isotopes Park which is great it's a great venue but it, you really want that soccer only stadium um, <clears throat> to kind of drive uh you know, the, the atmosphere and the excitement, which is uh, kind of what we're looking for here in a few years. Yep.